Welcome, Nexus Church family, online to our series we've titled Infinitely More. Now, over the course of this seven weeks, we have been taking a look at a very powerful passage where we get this title from. That is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And I will read it for you, and then we'll get into today's message. Paul writes in this passage, Now all glory to God, here it is, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And so throughout this series, we're going to discover God's ultimate plan for you and for me and how that comes through the Spirit-filled life. And, And my hope and my prayer for you is that you not only encounter the power of God in your life, but that you allow it to use you to do infinitely more than what you could ever imagine because God has chosen you to spread His good news that Jesus came to change the world, to give us access to the Father. And so we hope that this encourages you in the next few weeks as we gather together. If you want more information about our church, Nexus Church, here in Thief River Falls, you can go online to nexuschurchmn.com or you can go to our Facebook page, Nexus Church MN, and search for us there. We are praying for you that God continues to work mightily in you. Enjoy today's message. Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to our second week in our series that we've entitled Infinitely More. Last week, we discovered that Jesus had a plan, had a plan since the beginning of creation to bring us back into a relationship with himself. And he did that when he came to the cross. He came to earth, died on the cross, but he rose from the grave. He, he created a way for us to do infinitely more than what we could ever imagine. Now, this week, we want to continue with that theme and examine how God sees more in us than we could ever imagine. You see, He created us with the potential because of the Holy Spirit within us to do great things. Now, we see this in the life of Jesus when He walked the earth and He assembled His team, that that group that we call the disciples, His followers. Now, he, He didn't call what we would potentially consider to be the elite people to carry on his message of salvation through his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. He didn't didn't call those people we think he should have. He called people that were truly nobodies. And so today, we're going to take a look at one particular individual who over and over was 
called out to do great things for Jesus. And many times, in fact, pretty much every time God called him out, he was obedient. But his obedience so often led him down a path where he also failed God. You see, the point today is that Jesus isn't necessarily looking for our successes. He's looking for our obedience. He's looking to see if we're willing to step out of our comfort zone, no matter what it costs, even our pride. And so let's take a look at Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Jesus has always seen infinitely more in us than we do ourselves. Now, that's not to say that Jesus doesn't see our sins and our failures and in our inabilities. He knows what's inside of man, but yet he chooses to use us because of the power that he's given us through the Holy Spirit. And so, if you could follow along, if you have your Bibles uh, open, or if you just want to uh, listen as I read for you today. This is from the NIV version. And it says, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He was preaching in the middle of the open the Old Testament. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets, everyday, ordinary fishermen. It'd be no different than, than you walking into Walmart and somebody was stocking the shelves, right? These were just ordinary guys that had called themselves to do a certain job. Probably fell right in line with their parents and their parents and their parents have done for generations. And so they were just washing their nets. They were fishing all day maybe all night, and so Jesus comes to them as they were cleaning up, and what does he say? He says, as he gets into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon, that is what we will find out to be Peter, and then he asked him to put out a little from the shore. <laughs> Peter just had gotten done cleaning things up, and Jesus asked him, can you just push out a little ways? just got done cleaning Jesus like what's up with this right so he did and Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat when he had finished speaking he said to Simon Peter put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch Simon answered master we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything but because you say so I will let down the nets Two important things there. Like, first of all, he called him master. He had hardly known him. He just heard him teach for that brief moment, and he already had equated him to be sent by God. And he did what he was asked to do. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the boats to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee's, Simon's partner. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you'll fish for people. So they put 
pulled their boats up on shore, left everyone, and followed him. Just love this. Who did Jesus go after in this story? He went after normal people. He didn't, he didn't go to the church. He didn't go inside the temple and call somebody that had authority there. He didn't go to the Bible college and, and, and get some high-end professor from the school and call him. Or that, that, that A student, right, the valedictorian. He didn't go to that person and say, I want you on my team. You're going to help me. No, he, he went to the nobodies. He called you, called me, nobodies. It's powerful. And it also reminds us that it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, right? These guys were well-established in their careers. Jesus called them. Their, their, their time for a career change was long gone. Jesus called them. It doesn't matter how far away you are from God. We would see that in Matthew, the tax collector, right? He was formerly known as Levi. He was as far away from God as one possibly could be in the Jewish faith. Jesus called him. It doesn't matter where you're at, what has happened in your life, where you feel like, like you are with God. He's calling. He's calling. And so in this story, we read that, that, that Jesus calls out to Peter. In that passage, of course, it was Simon. But he calls out to him and says to him, go push out after, after you just cleaned everything up. And all that was ridiculous. But if, if that wasn't ridiculous, he asked him to do what? To cast his nets out after they had caught nothing all day, all night in this story. Nothing. It's ridiculous. And then Jesus calls him to go and push out. Now, I'm sure there was enough information for Peter to know that, that Jesus was just a carpenter. I'm sure word spread out enough to, to, to know that, that Jesus was traveling around the countryside and, and preaching what at that time was the Old Testament, the Bible, in their day. It was, it was enough to know that he was son of Joseph, a carpenter. And a teacher of religious law, son of a carpenter, he should have been a carpenter if he followed in line with his heritage, that's all he knew. How, how is he authoritative enough to tell a fisherman what to do? That's ridiculous, right? That'd be, that'd be like somebody in the assembly line at DigiKey or, or some business somewhere, wherever you're at, telling the CEO, this is how we should run the company. You don't do that. But that's exactly what Jesus did with Peter. In fact, what does Peter say? He reminded Jesus that, that they had done nothing all night. He told Jesus that. But yet, though Jesus wasn't authoritative, though they hadn't caught anything, he still obeys. Why did Jesus do this? He wanted to see where Peter's heart was, didn't he? He wanted to see, Jesus was like, well, Peter, here's the first test to see if you're going to be my follower, to see if you're going to truly stay by my side through what's going to account to be pretty crazy things in just three years. 
Give him a little test. Will you obey? He sure did. See, God isn't looking for ability, right? He's looking for obedience. God is always looking for obedience over ability. You see, when, when ability reaches its limits, which it always will, you always reach your limit. You can only go so far. But obedience, obedience to God will trump ability every single time. Because you can go further with God with obedience than you can on your ability. God blesses obedience. He blesses obedience. I don't know about you, but that is so freeing for me. I don't have to have the greatest ability, right? I don't, I don't have to, to, to possess all the knowledge, all the natural skills. I just have to have a heart that's willing to obey, to say yes to God, to be willing to try, even if I fail like Peter does. Right? It doesn't matter what's on your wall, what's, what's degree you have, how many plaques you've earned, what, what level you are at, at the job or career you're in. God doesn't look at that. He doesn't, he doesn't use those things to change the world. He uses our obedience. He uses our obedience, and he's simply looking for a yes. That's what he got from Peter. Now, Peter, he's going to get another opportunity to show his obedience. In fact, Jesus continuously calls Peter out of his comfort zone, right? That's how we know whether we're obedient or not, is when, when we get called outside of our comfort zone to trust God. That's where obedience comes through. And I don't know about your life, but I know in my life, every time God leads me to the outer edges of my comfort zone, it's, it's kind of where the litmus test is. It's where the rubber meets the road, and, and my, my faith truly shines through. Do I trust God? Am I willing to obey God when I'm uncomfortable, when I'm in those areas where I don't have the strength or the abilities or, or what carries me doesn't carry me anymore, Right? And so we see this in Peter's life, and in just a couple of passages I want to uh, turn to with you today to highlight those, and, and one in particular that, that really shows God's heart for you and me. But first I want to start with Matthew 14, uh, verses 25 through 29 in the NIV. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake, right? He sends them off into this wavy lake and in the middle of the night when things are shaky and rough and they're scared and don't know where Jesus went off to he walks to them on the lake and when his disciples saw him walking on the lake they were terrified right like they weren't scared enough they see this ghost coming and they cry out in fear but Jesus immediately said to them take courage it is I don't be afraid what do you say to that, right? <laughs> like, where did you come from? There's no boat. This is creepy. And so Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water. Jesus says, come. 
Now talk about being pushed on the limit of your comfort zone. When's the last time you walked on water? Never, right? Like, there's no comfort zone there anymore. Peter goes walking on water. And yeah, he sank, right? But his obedience showed Jesus that he's willing to do whatever he asks. That's why Peter was so used by God over and over because he was willing. I hope you get this today. It's a willing heart that sees God do infinitely more than we can imagine. God wants to move. God wants to do crazy things. But he also doesn't use what we have in our hands, in, in, in our abilities, right? When God wants to do more, it's outside of our comfort zone. It's beyond what we can do, and we have to get uncomfortable for Jesus. It doesn't happen on my own ability or your own ability. And so Peter walks out in his own power saying yes to Jesus, and Jesus honors that, as we will see in just a moment. But we also know that that though Peter was crazily obedient, and though he did fail, there was nothing worse than his end with Jesus on earth. Right? Peter had the chance to go out on the edges and sacrifice himself potentially when he gets approached three times while Jesus was being crucified. And three times he denied Jesus. Now talk about an epic failure, right? Like this man who was willing to do crazy things for Jesus, go out to those edges of the comfort zone, failed Jesus miserably as well. And this is, this is so important for us today because I don't think I'm the only one who's speaking from experience here, but, but we are all going to fail Jesus, right? In just a moment, we're going to see the opportunity we have even after we epically fail Jesus. And so let's pick up the story of Peter in Luke 22, 54 through 62. Then seizing him, that is Jesus, they led him away and took him to the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and, sat, and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked at him closely and said, this man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you are one of them. Man, I am not. I don't know about you, but I would think at that moment, Peter would have recognized something because Jesus had just prophesied, if you will, but predicted that Peter was going to do this. There should have been light bulbs on. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go down that road. Jesus said I was going to, and I'm not going to. This, this, he was preparing me for this. I'm not going down that road. He didn't see it. He was at that, 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 that level of comfort zone. Would he be willing to potentially sacrifice his life? Because if he admitted that he was with Jesus, there was a high chance that he'd be on the cross next to Jesus, right? 
And Peter didn't want that. He wasn't willing at that point yet, although he would later, he wasn't willing to sacrifice himself for Jesus. And so he says, I'm not. But then an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he was a Galilean. And Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he is speaking, the rooster crowed. And this, this verse right here, verse 61, always gets me. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And then if that doesn't make it any better, then Peter remembered at this point, like, like man, I can't imagine what's going through his brain. He remembered what the Lord spoke to him. Before a rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. <sighs> he failed Jesus horribly. I don't know if you can relate. I don't know if you've ever disowned Jesus at that level. But even denying Jesus the opportunity to use you in uncomfortable situations is enough to put you at a place where you feel miserable like you let him down like god gave it all for me he he sacrificed himself he was beaten he was whipped he was he was absolutely just mutilated he was disowned he was mocked and ridiculed and, and experienced the worst bullying you could ever imagine and i just couldn't even share my faith with somebody Man, I felt miserable so many times where I've missed the opportunity, if you want to call it that. I've denied Jesus the yes that he was asking from me. Peter failed. And what do we see Peter doing next? That's, that's where this story gets so powerful because, because Peter he failed his savior. He failed his best friend. Like he was closer than a brother to Jesus. And what do we see him next? He goes back to his comfort zone. He goes back to the boat. He goes back to living a life for himself. And John 21, 3 says, I'm going out to fish, Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. Deja vu. <laughs> Man, if I can tell you one thing today, don't let failure push you back into your comfort zone that God pulled you out of. Don't let failure do that to you. Don't go back to the way things used to be. God pulled you out of that. God, God brought you into a relationship with himself where he's having this wonderful uh, time with you of, of fellowship, of time, of, of being intimate, of getting to know each other, of being relational. Don't be like Adam and Eve that, that, that epically failed God and then pushed him away. And never had that relationship with him again. Peter did that. He pushed back everything that God had called him to. What he called him to? To be a fisher of men. What does he go back to? Back to being fisher of fish. 
And not only that, he brought his, his buddies with him. This influential man who God called out to influence people into the kingdom of God was now going back to his old way of influencing people to the business of fishermen. Failure, friends, is never a reason to give up. God wants to do infinitely more in you than you could ever imagine. And friends, his purpose still stands even when you walk away, when you've messed up. Listen to this. The story is not over with Peter. In verse 7 of John 21, we read, Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, that is John, said to Peter, It is the Lord. Right? They're out there fishing. They caught nothing. And then John sees out on the shore. There's a guy calling out to us, what in the world is going on? And then he recognizes it's Jesus. And he says to Peter, it's the Lord. He's right there. And what does Peter do? Oh, this is so beautiful. This shows his heart. He failed God miserably. He'd gone back to his comfort zone. But then when he saw Jesus again, he knew where to run. And I'm hoping that you will get this today as well. If you've run from Jesus, he saw Jesus and he jumped out. He wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. Jesus went after Peter once again and he will do it to you as well. He will do it to you. He had a call in his life. Not to be just an ordinary fisherman going back to his old way. He doesn't have that on your life either. You're just not, you're just not a, a factory worker. You're not a, a retail worker or you're not a lawyer or, or a teacher or whatever you are. That's not, sure, that might be your career, but he has infinitely more in store for you than just a job, just a career. He's called you to do great things for the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this earth. Every single person, you've got to get that today. It's not just for the pastors or the missionaries or, or for whatever nonprofit organization that does great things for God. It's for every single one of you. We're called to do more than just a job or a career. We're called to build the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, put it this way. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. That is what God has for you. And the only way you or I will do infinitely more is when we're willing to step out of our comfort zone and go on those edges and do what God calls us to do. Friends, I, I can't tell you how much I believe in this. 
because this is, this is one of the things that I know was essential in my walk with God. Now, like I said, not everybody's called to be a pastor, and that's not saying anything for or against the ministry, whether God calls you into it or not. I'm calling you out to, to build God's kingdom. But I knew from the moment that when I was saved that God had called me to the ministry. I knew that, right? Nothing was ever going to satisfy me but walking into a church and leading a group of people. I knew that. But for everybody else, that may look different. But whatever it is, however God calls you, it's to build the kingdom. If you are called to run a business, will it build the kingdom? If you are a, a factory worker, wherever you're at in that, that, that factory, you are called to build the kingdom. If it's at a school, build the kingdom. Use the influence God has called you to build the kingdom. And that's going to require you to go out on the edges and risk yourself to be obedient to God. Because it's, it's in this world we live in, building God's kingdom is going to make enemies. It's going to. But God has called you to do infinitely more. Don't settle for mediocrity. Don't settle for blending in and just being vanilla. No, God has called you to go out on the edges like Peter and risk it all because he gave it all. And as I said, this, this was so clear for me in my life because when we... When we were considering what does God want for me, I had been a children's pastor for almost seven years. I had been involved in kids' ministry for like seven years prior to that in, in just being a, a volunteer. And so almost 15 years of being in kids' ministry, when God called me, I knew that it wasn't just to be a part-time children's pastor. I wanted to be fully in. I had no idea what that meant, and after seven years of serving as a, as a part-time children's pastor and, and working full-time, I just knew that in order for me to really do what God had called me to, I had to, to take a risk and leave the part-time and go full-time. And there's a lot of things I would have changed when I took that risk, but the deciding factor was when I went with a group to India. I had only been to Mexico at, at a at an all-inclusive resort where we just stayed there pretty much the whole time. So I'd never been really outside of the country, but, but I went with my pastor at the time to India with some other friends. And I'll never forget when we ended up getting to customs, we had quite the deciding moment. See, my pastor had been to India many, many times and been a part of many massive outreaches, uh, evangelistic outreaches where thousands of people would be getting saved. And, and it was that group that got banned from coming back to India. Somebody got upset in the government, said, nope, you're not coming back again. He didn't think that he was any of the problems. He didn't think that it would be a problem to go back again years later when things would clear up. And so he took a team there through a different organization, totally separate, not even within the same group, you know, like totally different. But when we got there and they asked for our address, we didn't have the exact address. And so they flagged us. And when they did research, they found out that he was a part of a different organization. And in that moment, when we were there after a nasty long flight, 
It was early in the morning. We were all tired. I had two teenagers with me and a friend from another community who happens to be my children's pastor today. Let me tell you, I looked at her, barely knew her at the time. I looked at the teens and I said, if they come back and say he's not going in, we are not going. And they all agreed. Like, there were, it was unanimous. I didn't have to get, like, convinced or convincing with them. It was guaranteed we were all on the same page. He comes back. He looks at me and says, they're not letting me in. I got to go back. I'm like, all right, we're ready. Let's go. He's like, no. And he hands me this massive binder, which I have no idea what it had all in other than just our information and other stuff. And he says, you're leading this team. You can do it. I had a decision to make. That was the scariest I'd ever scary situation I'd ever been in. I had no idea what to do. I had people I hardly knew. I didn't know where we were going. I had no idea who was meeting us. I'd never been outside of the country other than that all-inclusive resort. I had no clue how to speak any foreign language other than the broken German I knew wasn't going to help me there. And we were the only white people. We were pretty clear we were scared. And to make matters worse, in order to even get past the first gate, there was guys, full army garb, with automatic guns. I was scared. But I was pushed to my comfort zone, and so were they. And we were obedient. And it was in that moment when we went through, we get to the other side, and we get met by the group, and we get put into situations where we're asked to preach when we had no idea we were going to do that, or then we are going to follow our leader, and we are asked to do things and go places, and just everything that was pushing us to the limits. That day, when we got back, God had already started working for the opportunity for me to become a senior pastor, something I had no intentions of doing. But I believe with all my heart that when we are obedient to God's call, He opens up doors to do infinitely more than what we imagined. I never, ever imagined being a senior lead pastor of any church. It's not my gift. It's not anything that I was capable of doing. But God did it. Because He is looking for people to build His kingdom, and He does that when we're obedient and step out of our comfort zone and let Him work in and through us. Friends, I want you to be used by God to do great things for his kingdom. I want you to experience what I've experienced. Will you let Jesus do what he has called you to do? Remember, it doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. God wants to use it to build his kingdom. He's going to do amazing things. Just trust him. Trust him. He will take whatever dirt you have and turn it into diamonds. And before we close today, I just want to read to you a quote by Francis Chan that I really feel sums this thought up really well. He says, God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we will be in trouble if he doesn't come through. That's good. That's what he's looking for. 
and I believe throughout the, the course of history in mankind, that is exactly who God uses to build his kingdom. So will you step out of your comfort zone, even if it seems insignificant, and say yes to Jesus today? Say yes to him. It'll be the best decision you ever make. Father, I pray for your people today who are listening. You are reaching out to them just like you did to Peter and saying, come back to me. Trust me. I'm not going to ask you to do anything that won't be for your benefit. I want to bless you. I want to show you my favor. I want to unlock the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Will you trust me? God, you're speaking to them right now. They know exactly what it is that you've called them to. Now, will you empower them to say yes and to follow through? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Nexus Church family, for joining us this week. We'll see you again soon.